unveiling the secrets A-list copywriters use to make themselves and their clients millions. This is the Copywriters Podcast with your host, the world's greatest copywriting coach, David Garfinkel. The confused mind buys nothing. So if you are confusing the reader, they're not going to buy. How does this play out? Well, when you're selling a course, technology, health supplement, you often run into a familiar brick wall. This thing is so complicated. I know it works, but how do I explain it so that the average consumer can quickly grasp it? Well, one thing everyone listening to this show can grasp is this. Copy is powerful. You're responsible for how you use, how you hear, what you hear on this podcast. And most of the time, common sense is all you need. But if you make extreme claims, and if you're writing copy for offers in highly regulated industries like health, finance, and business opportunity, you may want to get a legal review after you write and before you start using your copy. My larger clients do this all the time. So today's show has a lot of words that we generally oppose in the title. Transforming complex concepts into cash, the tangibilization process. Tangibilization. In the mid 1980s, California Governor Jerry Brown introduced the ridiculous term tangibilize. Well, it seemed ridiculous at the time. In a way, though, he was just ahead of his time because it describes the very important process, much more important today than at the time, of taking an idea and turning it into an easy-to-understand reality. The problem is simple. What you're selling can be really complicated, but the buying mind of your prospect, even for a sophisticated prospect, the buying mind needs to be able to visualize it simply. I have found two major problems when something is complex and complicated and difficult to understand. Number one, if I can't get clear as a buyer or an action taker, if I'm very confused, I'm just going to procrastinate because I don't feel comfortable taking those first couple of steps if I don't know what I'm walking into. And then the other thing is, if you as the salesperson can't clearly explain it to me, it makes me feel like you don't understand it. And if you don't understand it, it doesn't help my confidence in my buying decision. So just for those two huge reasons, this is a very important thing to get right. Yeah, I agree. I think there's something that happens below the level of verbal awareness. It's a feeling. It's sort of a click. It's sort of a certainty, this consolidation of feelings that you almost need to have in order to feel really confident about buying something. So yeah, this is definitely necessary. And you know, these days, so many things people are selling software as a service or, you know, complicated gizmos or supplements or info products with processes that are complex. Um, they may be valuable. They may even be easy to do once you're doing them, but hard to explain. So this is why this is also important. One thing you brought up, Nathan, that I, I think is it's just golden 
is the one thing that crushes this kind of confusion is results. And, mm -hmm. and you had an example um, with a gardening product, I believe. Yeah. So one of my clients sells a soil supplement. It's a microbe product. It works its way into the soil. It breaks down all the nutrients. It gets them to the root zone and then it helps invaginate those nutrients into the root zone. And it's millions or if not billions of tiny different soil microbes. And most gardeners have no idea the name of these scientific soil microbes, what they do, and explaining it is very difficult. But when you can just pour it on your plants and then come back 24 hours later and all of a sudden your weak, wimpy-looking plants have just popped and exploded, seeing that demonstration, yeah, they still don't understand all of the technical voodoo that's going on behind the scenes, but they can see, oh, you just pour it on and the next day your plants are popping. Like, for some reason, if you can show a good demonstration, they don't need to know how the electricity works and how it turns the vacuum on and how the vacuum motor creates a whirlwind. They say, oh, I can see that you turn the vacuum on and you can lift a bowling ball with it. That's how good the suction is. I don't need to understand how the coal turned into electricity, turned into suction vacuum power. I just need to see the demonstration. So there's the yes and. Yes, it's important to make things clear and understood, but if it doesn't work, just showing the demonstration does seem to overcome that objection very frequently. Right. And there are different types of buyers or readers of our copy. I mean, you were mentioning when we talked about this before, about that wonderful um, Simpsons view of the four different types of buyers. And like, you know, Lisa would react way different from Homer, right? So we had a guest on, I can't remember her name, but she was talking about the differences between Homer Simpson and Lisa Simpson and Bart Simpson and Marge. She said, Lisa wants to read everything. She wants to be very informed. She wants to make a very informed decision. Whereas Homer just wants to see that it works and that's enough for him. He doesn't want to put all that mental exercise into being an informed buyer. So there's different buyer types. And for some buyers, for most buyers, they want to make an informed decision. But for some buyers, they just want to see that the vacuum can lift up a bowling ball and they're sold. Yeah, that's really good. I think it's the same thing with financial products. You know, I haven't written a lot of financial copy, but I, I worked with Agora critiquing a sales letter every week in a conference call for five years. And um, I've worked with financial copywriters one on one. And I, I think, you know, it's a very skeptical market. So they want a lot of proof track record of the guru or the method or both. But at the end of the day, they're interested in results and they they want to know what has this person or this technology done? And if you can explain the technology as clearly as possible, they don't need to be able to understand it. They need to kind of vaguely follow along and it, it needs to kind of add up and make sense. And you need to do that in a financial promotion or in a promotion in any market where people have been disappointed a lot mm -hmm. and people are sophisticated and people are skeptical and they so they're they're always looking for the 
real deal, right? And I think, you know, mentioning results and, you know, with the asterisk C episodes with Rob Freund that, you know, you need to be careful about how you position results and you need to disclaim that they're not going to work for everyone the same way all the time. But nevertheless, uh, when you can talk about results in a clear and impressive way, that works. I, I think one overriding idea for clearing up confusion is trim the branches from your tree. Very often people, well-meaning, want to talk about things that are interesting, that are impressive, that that maybe were important to them, but it's not going to help you um, with a buyer's confusion. You want to ruthlessly edit out those tangents. You want to basically keep your copy limited to the information the prospect needs to make a decision. Mm -hmm. And you have mentioned this before. You said, if it doesn't help lead to the sale, it needs to be cut from the copy. And until I realized that, I went back and looked at some previous copy I had written. I was like, well, I have a lot of clutter in my copy. And that one tip ruthlessly edit out anything that doesn't lead to the sale is a game changer. Yeah. And you know, it's, it's not unusual for you. Um, I was the same way till I got this principle and hardwired it into my nervous system. I mean, as copywriters, we are innately curious and we get fascinated by a lot of stuff and we're probably the most vulnerable people to getting pulled down a rabbit hole and Reddit hasn't made things any easier. Damn it. Let me tell you that. So, so yeah, but in a, in sales copy, you want to keep, keep it limited and focused. All right. So here's here. Yeah. Oh, I was just going to ask about uh, point number two, cause this is a, this is one that really changed it for me as well. Yeah. So point number two is if you've got a complicated process or procedure or physical technology, Use a simple concrete metaphor or a simile so you can transform mental steps or abstract ideas into physical ones for the purpose. Of, and, you know, one way is to say something is something else. And we'll, we'll get into those examples very soon. Another one is to say it's like something everyone understands. You had a self-development client, right, where what he was offering was mind-numbingly complex, but you found a way to get past that. Yeah. So one of my really good friends who I work for him and he works for me and I'm going through a product that he's developing right now and it's a self-development course, but it's a little bit esoteric. It's not, it's not the surface level stuff. It's a, there's a lot of almost mystic principles tied into it and the whole philosophy 50,000 foot view is that this is a game we're here to we're here to play our character in this game and make the game what we want the game to be and so one the overarching thing is dude it's a game and here's the cheat codes and when we when we kind of came up with that and and uh, when he kind of laid that out on me, I was like, oh wow, okay, I get it. This isn't just like rules for how you live your life so that you can, you know, Jordan Peterson's twelve rules for life or whatever. This isn't that. This is, hey, this is a game. 
you're playing and here's the cheat codes. And all of a sudden, everything that was all confusing and esoteric and almost mystical, all of a sudden it just came together. Oh, these are cheat codes. And so, yeah, something like that where you where you can take something that's hard to understand or maybe, like I said, esoteric, hidden from most conversations and then you say, yeah, it's like cheat codes. Well, everybody knows about cheat codes. And now you apply the concept of cheat codes to how you live life. And now all of a sudden, these complex, crazy, esoteric ideas all of a sudden make sense. So it's important to, if, if something's hard to understand, to tie it to something that people can easily understand and say, yeah, it's just like that. Oh, okay, now I get it. Yeah. So not only is it a metaphor, it's a frame, right? It's mm -hmm. like, yeah, okay, I, I see all these things he's talking about. Oh, yeah, if this were uh, a choose-your-own-adventure video game, that then you would have all of those things I can't even quite follow. But, yeah, if I, it's a game and there are cheat codes and you want to win, I get it. Yeah, so it's a great frame. Stop using the hero's journey in your sales copy. My book, The Persuasion Story Code, will help you put together stories that convince your prospects and resolve their objections. If you are a copywriter, you'll appreciate that every single one of the 25 kinds of stories in this book have been proven time and time again in profitable sales copy. But I've also used these kinds of stories to close five and six figure deals for my own business, and so have many of my clients. These stories are easy to create and easy to tell. They sound like ordinary conversation, but they are all designed and proven to lead to a yes. You can get the Persuasion Story Code on Amazon.com. So get your copy today. Another example, a, a, a little, little closer to the ground, literally, is an old product. It's still around. It's the Roach Motel. And the Roach Motel, you know, it's this little thing to get rid of roaches in your house. It's, and... I imagine explaining the intricacies of the mechanism, the device, the, uh, you know, particular physical technology and the uh, extermination technology, how you kill the roaches. That could be complicated. So they just came in with roaches check in, but they don't check out. It's kind of like a lethal version of the Hotel California, right? <laughs> you, you can check out any time you leave, want, but you can never leave. And so I think, you know, both of those are, are little phrases. And, and sometimes it is a, a little memorable phrase that works really well. Now, we're going to talk about something that we've really never talked about on the podcast before, and that's toilets. And, mm -hmm. you know, there's a good reason people don't really need to talk about that. But, you know all the different things people flush down the toilet they shouldn't. An amazing variety of things. Chewing gum, diapers, dental Diapers. diapers. <laughs> yeah. How, well, how do you make that mistake? Well, I guess it's, it's sort of a little bit of a leap. Well, if you flush what's in the diapers down the toilet, you might as well flush the whole diaper down the toilet. All right. Good luck with that one. Uh, well, exactly. Dental floss, bleach, cooking grease even sensitive government documents, right? Mm -hmm. And so once they do that and the toilet stops flushing, clearing out a clogged toilet can end up being a complicated procedure. You know, sometimes you need to bring in a snake and 
you know, operating a snake is not a, there's some complexity to that. But decades ago, Roto-Rooter came up with a simple jingle that does not talk about the mechanism of clogging a toilet or the mechanism of their work, but instead of the result. Do you remember it? I don't. Oh, yes, I do, actually. Good. Well, for the few people on this podcast who don't instantly remember it, I will remind you. Call Roto-Rooter. That's the name. And away go problems down the drain. Roto-Rooter. Now, that's pretty good. I mean, I probably haven't heard that on media for 50 years, but I can still remember it. And that's Mm -hmm. it. Awego problems down the drain and the name of the company. And so obviously there are other plumbers and plumbing services, but that one lasted. And this can be a complete episode on all on its own, but being able to write jingles that also have direct response copy added in or mixed in with them is a skill that I, I think is probably on its way out the door nowadays. It is. At one point, I was thinking I'd like to do that, but there's no call for it. There's just really no call for it, unfortunately. (laughs) It's a shame. Okay, well, things come and things go. Now, let's talk about one thing that gets in the way and maybe, maybe a couple of ways to get it out of the way, and that's the curse of knowledge. It can really mess with you. So we've talked about this before, but Let's do a little refresher. You've probably heard the phrase, the curse of knowledge before. We've talked about it in this podcast. And anyone who has read Chip and Dan Heath's book, the great book, Made to Stick, has at least run across the phrase. Now, most people, including me, thought that Chip and Dan came up with it. It turns out an economist came up with it named Robin Hogarth, the economist, 20 years before the Heath brothers put the phrase on the map. But in any case, it's a problem for copywriters. And here's why. Here's what the curse of knowledge is. You get so knowledgeable about your own product or the product you're writing about that you forget your prospects don't know what you know. And in most cases, don't know nearly as much as what you know about this product, about how it works, about what it does, and where it fits into the spectrum of other products and things like that. So you need to dial backwards your mindset to where you were before you learned all these things. And there, that way, find a simple way to explain what the prospect needs to hear before they can appreciate the value of your product. That's the key thing. What do they need to hear before they can appreciate the value of your product? It's really important. I feel like a lot of times the curse of knowledge as a business owner, as a copywriter, it feels like we're talking past the prospect. So we're we're meeting somebody at the bar and we're like, yeah, so where should we get married at? And she's like, dude, I don't even know you. We've never even gone on a date and you're already asking where we should get married at. That's the curse of knowledge is you're 10 steps ahead and you're talking about 10 steps into the future and they're still back on step one and you just totally disconnect if you don't take this into account. Yeah, that's a good way to look at it. So how do you get past it? 
how do you avoid making a marriage proposal when you barely met somebody? <laughs> One way is to explain your offer like you were talking to a child. I mean, it's easy to unconsciously assume that another adult has the knowledge you do. It's almost impossible to assume that a six-year-old or a 10-year-old would know. You know, actually, I, I mean, I, I did this with a very bright client. I didn't explain to him like it was a child, but but he was like 10 steps ahead, just like you were saying. And I said, okay, so you've got a, a six-year-old. She's really bright. Yeah. Explain what, what, explain what, read, read this in the copy to her. Imagine that she's listening to you. How's she going to react? And he got it right away. He, he saw what mm -hmm. the issue was. That, so that's, that's really effective. One thing that I found very effective is if you're a business owner and you're writing your own sales copy, having like a copy coach or having a copywriter's mastermind or having friends, if you're a copywriter, having other friends that are copywriters, I've been able to have you look at some of my stuff before and you immediately see things that I didn't see. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I totally didn't have that explained very well at all or a copy editor somebody that that can say well right here this sentence i don't know if you're talking to me or if you're talking to if you're talking from perspective a or from perspective b so having somebody else who can read it and understands copywriting because a lot of times as business owners or as copywriters we get kind of stuck inside the frame and we can't see the whole picture so having a a mastermind, having a copy editor, having a copywriter friend that you can give work back and forth to each other and kind of review and give tips to each other, or copywriting coach, the world's greatest copywriting coach, David Garfinkel. I've been fortunate enough to have you on, on my side when I've had certain pieces of copy I needed looked at. So shameless plug for the copywriting coach services that you do. Before we're out of here, if it, our normal call to action is subscribe to the podcast, but if people wanted to inquire about having you look over their copy or work with them on their copy, how do they go about doing that? Yeah. Uh, GarfinkelCoaching.com is a website. It explains the mentoring programs I have and how to get me for a copy critique. Um, nice. I did one last week, really made a difference and got another one coming up very soon. So I don't do that many of them, maybe a couple a month, but I'd be glad to, you know, take a look at someone wants to fill out the application's very easy to fill out. That's what it, that's how to do it. Garfinkelcoaching.com. All right, sweet. Do we have do you want to go through a recap or are we just gonna jump to the end of the show here? Well, yeah, I mean, let's let's recap real briefly. First of all, one thing that crushes confusion, confusion's the enemy here. And when you have something abstract. Maybe clear to you after having thought about it for a hundred hours, but it's confusing to other people. One thing that crushes confusion is results. That doesn't let you off the hook from trying to explain it as clearly as possible, but still results will make a big difference. The other thing is a metaphor or a simile, especially for uh, abstract mental steps, turning them into physical ones. And then the third thing is just beware the curse of knowledge and do what you can. And, uh, you know, you may want to review this again because we covered a lot of stuff pretty simply, but it's it's profound. It'll make a difference, not in terms of what kind of grade you'll get on a paper, but in terms of what kind of grade you'll get from the marketplace, <laughs> sales results. 
Absolutely. Okay. So before we're out of here, I'm just going to plug again, garfinkelcoaching.com. If you want to have David look at your copy and give you a perspective that you might be missing. Also, if you enjoyed this episode and you want to check out more episodes like it, copywriterspodcast.com is the place to go while you're there. Make sure you're subscribed on your favorite podcast app. Leave us a rating and a review. We would really appreciate it. And until next time, we will catch you later. Catch you later. Hey, did you enjoy today's show? Want to help get it into the ears of more listeners? Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast app. This is the Copy and Funnels Podcast Network.